Welcome to the WTF Show podcast from Bangkok, Thailand, presented by Vimal Kogar. Tune in to get your dose of weekly verbal Red Bull. Hey, 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 welcome to the WTF Show today. We have Rajesh Divan. He is a director of finance, Marriott International. Welcome to the show, Rajesh. Hi, Vimal. Thank you. Thank you for your invite. And it's wonderful to be on the show. I'm really enjoying the chats which we have earlier. And of course, I would love to share a lot of things. Let's carry it on from here. Tell me a little bit, Rajesh, about your past. Okay. Uh, let me go on many years. Go back a lot of years back. Okay. That's fast. Okay. I am from Jammu. It's a beautiful city in Himalayas in the northern Jammu and Kashmir. Unfortunately, a disturbed state now, but a beautiful paradise, as they call it. I grew up between Jammu and uh, spending quite some time in Srinagar, which is part of the Kashmir. And uh, had my schooling there in Jammu, which was a wonderful time. There was nothing. Uh, it was a free times and uh, the life was not what it seems today. There was no disturbances. There was nothing as such. Had a great time. I still remember good old days of school when... Uh, the, the teachers knew the students by their names. They, um, my, frankly, my school, Vimal, uh, I will share, I studied in Maharaja Hari Singh School. That was uh, actually one of the very high-end schools of Jammu. And the whole school had 238 students. And I was amazed when I went last to Jammu. I visited my school. And guess how many students are there? 8,000 students. Wow. Wow. So that's how the world has changed. Teacher knew every student by the name. And I would say those were the golden years when you were and you and I were growing up. So, so Rajesh, could you just tell our foreign audience in the United States, in Europe, a little bit about the history of Jammu and Kashmir people may not know? Okay, Jammu and Kashmir is a beautiful uh, state in northernmost part of the India. And... Uh, Unfortunately, now a bit of a dispute between India and Pakistan and, and the trouble brewing out there. But in earlier days, there might have been sublime underlying current of trouble, but there was nothing apparent which disturbed our lives in any manner. So uh, Kashmir was known as paradise uh, or Switzerland of uh, India or Asia, and it was it is a beautiful place with Dal Lake and the snow-covered peaks around there. That's where we spent. I spent quite a bit of my childhood, and Jammu again a very popular destination, and especially among Hindus because of Vishnu Devi Shrine and that being the destination to start your journey from. A very popular among the pilgrimage who used to come to the Vishnu Devi. A beautiful town. Small, I would say when I was growing up a sleeping town and not in a not a major metropolis or anything as such. Small town with small population, everybody knew everyone. And that's where I grew up in pristine, clean years of Himalayas. And that was a wonderful place. And my schooling started out there in Jammu. I studied in convent for some time. It was a co-education and suddenly they decided it should be all girls' school and they kicked out the boys. <laughs> uh, that was a sad part of my life. <laughs> 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 uh, 
and the second sad part happened that when we went into maharaja hari singh school agricultural college at school which is again a very high end school and it was only boys school okay there you go <laughs> so from girls school i went to coed school i went to a boys school but again uh, had a great experience made great friends i would say all the way around i have still my friends uh, though we are all in different locations worldwide but see i've still connected from my lower kg days till date all my friend group is same we hardly change we meet like as if we were sitting in the kindergarten same and never grew up right so that was what the relationships got built up in the smaller towns and how that continued throughout and interestingly their fathers were my father's friends and we were friends among ourselves and uh, yeah that's how the life became as a childhood we never realized and suddenly the childhood was over and uh, i was i ventured into my professional life and became a chartered accountant so um tell me about your journey outside of india where did you go okay my journey uh, let me share something in india first of all my journey started in india and i passed my chartered accountancy in 1991 and i was very fortunate i got a great job with the every the wing scale people i got my first job as a, their controller for northern india okay. that was my first job and uh, i was heading a whole division without any experience uh, of northern india for the finance and uh, suddenly after 4 months uh, uh, going back to home jammu everybody's practicing i gave up my job Okay. and i still regret that remember that's one of my biggest regrets which i regret about and i gave my job and started my own practice and never realized that i will never going to fit into the culture of babudam <laughs> and those tried my hard for 4 years but did not succeed but uh, and I went back to working again so that's one of the debacle and i still regret uh, leaving and a very high profile job and just venturing into these th- venturing into on on this and especially when the environment is not very conducive when you see because of all the the red tapeism and everything which was around there one i would say one should uh, weigh their hearts before they venture out and which i did not of course that was my big mistake and now to answer your question that after some time then i went to nepal i started my first job in hotel industry that was my first hotel industry job there was a beautiful there is a beautiful hotel still is there yak and yeti on the barmog is it is it called yak and yeti is that That's what you right. said okay yak yak and yeti yak and yeti yak is the uh, bull or the cows of himalayas with long hair on them and they go, live in the arctic regions and yeti is the abdominal snowman which nobody has seen it's uh, but uh, that's what they call yeti in nepal and in tibet area the snowmans so that was that hotel yak and yeti it was a conversion from a palace into a hotel and uh, pretty beautiful hotel i would say and uh, i stayed there for 2 years and ha- had a great time living there again i'm bit, quite a bit religious person and there's a beautiful temples like nepal is a city of temples the pashupati nath is a beautiful temple then you have hanuman doka and all those areas and patan with the krishna temple i really had a great time both work wise professionally 
learned a lot in my hotel industry career and visited a lot of places in Nepal. And I really, really, really that I would I would always term my Nepal two years, even if it was short stint as my golden years of working, where I really enjoyed working. And that's where my journey started uh, being out of India. But uh, uh, again, the things took a bit of turn. And, and uh, unfortunately, again, there was a bit of ro- royal problems. Uh, I think worldwide, everybody knows there was a massacre and everything happened. And I landed up in Mumbai or Bombay, as we call it. And I started working uh, with IHG. And uh, for 11 years, I was with IHG, did quite a lot of different roles in IHG and grew up there in uh, my hotel career, doing both hotel roles, BFC roles, as well as uh, regional director of finance roles for Southwest Asia. So while with being IHG, as you asked me the question of my international expire, I went to US for some time to learn various softwares, stayed there for some time, came back to India, and then I landed up in Singapore, uh, 12 years uh, in Singapore. And uh, I was uh, with IHG for quite some time and then with Marriott. And now Marriott is my home as of now for the last eight years. I understand that you are sort of trapped in, in Thailand from the COVID uh, uh, era. Explain that. Uh, yes, we've all... Uh, since Singapore and you yourself are <laughs> from Singapore, so you know it's two hours flight, <laughs> and uh, of course Thailand have always had attraction. And then uh, working with Marriott and AWC has a great relationship with Marriott. And okay, uh, so let me let me just stop everybody. AWC Asset World Corporation. They are asset owners of the hotels that carry the Marriott brand in Thailand. Go on. Yeah, so I joined Marriott um, uh, Bangkok Marquis, which is nearly, which is 1,388 rooms hotel. A big giant, I would say. And uh, so uh, Marriott wanted me, how about you looking after the finances of this big hotel and try to do some uh, clustering of operation of different hotel accountings because we have quite a few hotels with uh, this ownership. And of course, it was interesting, something different for me to do. So I, of course, I took the opportunity and came. And of course, it was a two hours flight back home. <laughs> so, and uh, I took my first flight back home in February, Feb, came back and was planning to go. I book, actually, I still have my, my credit uh, vouchers from the Singapore Airlines. Booked my flights to go back. Flight never took off. So basically... In March of 2020, it was your turn to go back home after two weeks. But you sort of got trapped in Thailand. You're, you're sort of a <laughs> pandemic refugee, am I, am I right? Absolutely. Those two weeks never finished. And <laughs> still, I think those are the two longest two weeks of my life. <laughs> they never finished. But, but yeah... I would say, again, how best you make out of it. Of course, uh, with WhatsApp and all these FaceTime and the new technologies which we have, how effectively we can use Zooms and all these things of the world. So, yes, away from the family, though physically, but then again, a lot of talking with each other on the seeing. We At least we can see each other. 
I I still feel uh, until my wife also is horrified had this thing happened around about 30 years ago when the phone telephones were the black phones and you had to pick up the and the analog uh, analog phones and you had to book a call trunk calls or uh, some homes have the direct dialing otherwise you had to book a call to talk to each other so yeah it's it's a it's a mix of the things the SM yes, trapped refugee but uh, yeah you try to make home away from home yes you feel homesick sometime but then you pick up the phone and start talking to the family on the video chat <laughs> so um rajesh ji i want to ask you a few questions about the person who influenced you the most in the last 20 years can you tell me a little bit about that okay yeah influencers a lot of influencers actually but biggest influence was for my father okay tell me about your father okay my father was a businessman and uh, in jammu and kashmir and uh, actually uh, again as you know one of the things which he taught me was integrity always work with integrity though he was a businessman and in you know in india business business whatever it way it works that's why he did not let me let me join the business and he made me made sure that i pursue a career in a professional world and that was one of the biggest influences i wanted to be a doctor actually but getting a doctor seat in india was or especially in jammu and kashmir was not a cake walk that my father said that see it's fine but i, I i'm not going to do anything any any additional you, 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 if you want to take a doctor seat so you, you he just, wasn't going to pull any strings for you. He, yeah he's not going to pull any strings for me so uh, and without pulling the strings it was not not workable thing at times so ultimately i dropped my idea and i did my charity accountancy and he supported me in doing my ca throughout so yeah I, that was one of the biggest influence which left a big uh, impression on me that uh, that's why i don't don't think i succeeded doing my practice also is whatever you do do with your hard work and your integrity always keep your integrity in mind so yeah that he, he had a great influence on me on my work ethics Yes, uh, Vimal, another person who had a big influence uh, in my life and my career was my wife. And uh, we had a lot of decision making to be done at various stages. She stood by me and supported me throughout the tra- various transitions I had, whether it was traveling from Jammu to Nepal or thereafter we shifted in Mumbai or moving to Singapore all uh, she was there by my side always and uh, I think in every f- decision making with whichever point of life it was uh, we had uh, shared a great relationship and a big support uh, overall from her side and another person professionally who had an uh, influence on me was my boss chandru uh who told me taught me about a lot of owner relationships all these things had a big impact on my life and the way i am structured as of now ask about new skill sets that you have two lovely girls i understand yes 
and uh, the new world that we're living in post pandemic hopefully the tourists come back next year yeah and uh, we need new skill sets we cannot work on uh, what we already know yes the consumer trends are changing the hotel guests requirements are changing yes tell me what you would advise people going into the hospitality industry in the next generation what should they look for what should they learn okay so uh, quite a quite a interesting and uh, question uh, i would say and uh, for the skill sets a lot of things will change over the period of time bemal we as you see from the olden days when i joined the hotels front office used to have registers for check in and check out where the the he was known as a clerk who would mark with the pen first mark with the pencil and then he would pen it out who's checked in who's checked out what room number what keys issued what everything is done all those things have changed over a period of time we have come to pms systems where everything is managed electronically on the database where uh, key cards are issued you don't get the metal key to open your door, room doors so the world has evolved even in within my working within the hotel industry and biggest thing which i notice is tech has taken or technology has taken a big leap and changed the world altogether one thing i would say anybody who wants to be successful in hotel industry at any level has to be a very tech savvy person because technology is going either you change with the technology or technology will change you basically it'll make you a dinosaur yeah that's true exactly what you you chose the right word and uh, so for the newer generations who want to enter hotel industry tech savvy is a really a great mantra and uh, whether it is cash recycling machines which i introduce in singapore in my hotel which was in replicated from marriott to various hotels bought it and that company established itself from there which uh, actually automates all the cashiering processes for the cashiers when hotels has a lot of cash business then other other things is a lot of things will be becoming combined or clustering what we call for various hotels so how to handle multiple properties while you're sitting in a single property that is again going to be becoming things of future again uh, when you're coming to front office and uh, to the fnb services front office also a lot of technology has come auto check in kiosks are coming in so technology and artificial intelligence will keep on taking place or replacing things so unless you are not very tech savvy uh, you would find yourself challenging in challenged in the hotel industry also i want to know about experiences that you've had with uh, unreasonable clients sort of i want to know actually the learning experience behind it right so i don't want to know maybe the specific incidents but i want to know about an experiential uh a uh, thing that you that you can teach our audience that look this is how we handled a really really tough client and this is what it taught us 
Okay, handling different types of client, uh, there are different types of challenging clients uh, without naming, but who come within unreasonable demands, whether it is on the operational side or whether it is on the financial side as they, they want their refunds when they do not qualify for the refunds. They made their bookings to get a better rate and which is a non-refundable rate because it's been discounted so much. And due to whatever reason you couldn't travel, they still want to insist on having a refund. How to handle those things? Because end of the day, one of the most perishable commodity, as we call it in hotels and airlines, is the airline seat and the hotel room. Once the flight takes off, if a seat is empty, it's gone. Once the night rolls over in a hotel, the room night, which was yesterday, will not be a room night again for that day because it's it's gone empty. And if you had blocked yourself for that room night by having a really discounted rate and without any substantiative reason you did not travel because of your free will and you wanted to book that room night by by paying that lower rate. So there are a lot of discussions which takes place on this thing and we have to explain to the customer unless you do not have a valid reason just that you wanted to you were planning to travel and you found this as a discounted rate you booked it but I have already had a loss of this room night which I could have sold it out and not retained. So there are a lot of financially, on the financial side, there are a lot of challenging situations like this which do arise and where we do have uh, customers going to customer care and everywhere on those issues. Not in even in Marriott, in every hotel chain this happens. So again, then uh, on the operational side, the, the, you, you face challenges with the guest. They have their own expectations sometimes and they're coming to... I'll show you... Uh, we had a guest, I will I will show you my Singapore experience. We had a guest who walked into the hotel. It's a beautiful hotel which we ever where I was working. Uh, great location. But it was it was like the hotel always had 95% occupancy. And his expectation was that uh, he wanted an uh, hotel which should be quiet and with less people. Of course, we were not the right place where he checked in. Right. So ha- so he kept on complaining, but uh, again, my general manager was not there, so I had to meet the guest. He said, no, no, I wanted to book this. I said, but you booked the hotel, or you booked yourself. <laughs> you, we have put everything, our, all our details on the website. We have mentioned it, we are busy hotel. We have never mentioned, we have always mentioned we are a corporate hotel. We have not mentioned we are a resort hotel where you have lawns, where you can sit, sit in a quiet corner and do things. So you come across such cases also, where, which, are, which are quite interesting and challenging. Ultimately, we moved him to one of our, uh, that hotel chain's another property, which was in a resort location within Singapore in Sentosa. But uh, yeah, Guests have their own expectations and uh, while they are booking, they look. sometimes they look at the rate where they're getting a better rate and better deal. So yeah, these situations do keep on arising. So I want to tell our WTF audience how I met Mr. Devan. I was at a banquet at the Marriott Marquis in Bangkok, Thailand. 
and uh, it was sort of a, a wedding function. And this gentleman, Mr. Devan, was serving Indian sweets behind the counter, and he just simply didn't look like somebody he was to uh, look like somebody from the kitchen. He just looked like a corporate person. He wore his tie perfectly, and he, frankly, he didn't serve us the the sweets really very well. And we all guessed that this person is not a cook. This person is not a chef. This person does not uh, uh, d- uh, does not belong behind the counter serving Indian sweets like gulab jamun and ras malai. So that's how we discovered Rajesh. Rajesh, uh, you have a, a little bit of a, 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 a soft spot and a, a little human touch to the way you 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 don't have a pretense. You don't pretend to be who you're not. True. And that also comes again from uh, my upbringing and my schooling and my parents. Be yourself and uh, don't try to be what you are not. Because uh, ultimately, if you try to be what you you are not, people will check it out and they will realize the way you caught me serving the Rasmus line, (laughs) the way I was serving it out. But again, again... Again, we have to do all these things uh, while the, the, when the situations are not pretty good. You have to provide helping hand to the service and the production people. That's what the hotel industry is about. It's about the human touch and taking care of the people and your associates and your guests also side by side. So, yeah, that's how I landed up being behind the counter supporting my services team. <laughs> <laughs> um, let me just move aside a little bit, uh, Rajeshji, and explain to the guests quickly our new shows. We are now going into a daily modes. WTF is now available on Mondays. The show is known as WTF Radio Show, hosted by one of the best DJs in Asia. Uh, DJ Rico Smith. On Tuesdays, we have the WTF Investing Show. This guy blows Scott Galloway away. His name is Derek Kanejao. So Google Derek, D-I-R-E-K, Kanejao, K-H-A-N-I-J-O-U. And he's our uh, uh, host for the WTF Investing Show. Wednesday, we have the WTF Fake It Till You Make It Show with Shruti Katari about books and literature. Again, a wonderful, wonderful host. And I am sure that if you go to this show, you will get addicted. Uh, Before we go, I need to ask Rajesh to please A, help us to choose the guest for the next show, Rajesh, if you may. Uh, somebody who you know in the community who you think would be enjoyable to listen to and could add to the conversation about youth empowerment and peer-to-peer support. Uh, Number two, Rajesh, we uh, ask you to please nominate and vote for Youth of the Year 2021 WTF Youth of the Year, which is the award show we are having at the end of the year. So you are invited as a special guest for the show. Now, before we go, Rajesh, I want to talk to you about uh, the youth out there. A lot of them are a little bit uh, anxious, a little bit depressed, can't get jobs. And like I said before, you have two girls. So you know how it is bringing up girls in this gen- uh, uh, kids in this generation. What advice can you give to the young people out there who are having a really frustrating time during this pandemic. 
Uh, my advice to the younger generation, especially during the pandemic, is that uh, things will always not be the same. Like uh, I had, like I will, as I shared my experience earlier. Again, I, I I will tell you again. Interesting experience is that between my job changes uh, before I joined IAG, I was without a job for nine months, Vimo. And uh, that's a hard time. Nine months with no income. With no income, I was married and I had my elder daughter, right, to take care of. So yeah, it is a perseverance which pays. Again, uh, don't be depressed. See that there there is always light at end of the tunnel. Nine months without a job with the family. and being a chartered accountant has a high expectations from the society so had to live up to them had to pick put up a bold face my extended family really helped me in the during that time though not financially but moral support was always there from my extended family and of course from my family itself also my wife and my daughter was very young but at that point of time but uh, again lean on your family ties also in this time don't think that you are alone that's one of the big things which helps you come out of depression i could have slipped into depression 9 months without a job you are a professionally qualified your resume is getting rejected due to whatever reason you don't know but uh, still you you I went on and i was always encouraged both uh, Uh, as an emotional as well as uh, my moral booster from my extended family members whether it was my in-laws or my sister my wife or was it my maternal uncles who were living in mumbai so one thing remember in we are a human being is a social personal person and remember always that in times which are not pretty good talk to people don't try to be within yourself don't try to hide within yourself there is nothing known as failure there is always known as learning the lessons of the life if you are not getting placements now time will improve it's not going to be same time always it's not necessary that you you need to have millions of baht in your bank account or million of us dollars in your bank account to be successful it is the coefficient and matter of time when you're existing and that what matter if you talk to people if you socialize i think the world will be different for you so that's what i would say and of course there is scarcity of jobs because and there have been lot of layoffs unfortunately due to covid again i would say i would get hats off to asset wealth corporation our owning company that they really supported us all all the employees of the hotels during this time which was a great support from them and marriott international that uh, none of our marriott marquee employees we didn't lay off anybody but again that's what the social supports comes in from actually by mall and we should those who get that should praise it 
and uh, again in case somebody is lacking talk to people talk to your family they are always there thank you so much rajesh for joining us in the show it was my pleasure to have you here today uh before we leave uh i would like to ask you if you enjoyed ha- uh the show and as a last word i would like you to tell me about your relationship with thailand okay i oh, i really had a good time i think uh, as i told you in the before the show it will be difficult to tell me to where to stop <laughs> <laughs> so yeah so i really had a good time actually sharing my experience sometimes some of the experience i have never shared with anybody in my life maybe some some of the things but there I, you go. I i still talked about them and uh, shared uh, with public i would say now and your audience uh, i hope they liked uh, it and i i hope i will i have been able to add on to of course their rich experiences which they have and uh, just a thing on thailand i love about thailand actually the people are nice very nice and uh, again it's a beautiful country and places to see unexplored places to visit in thailand you're welcomed everywhere and that's something which i really find amazing of about thailand and of course the food the the fruits which are out here sometimes i feel they <laughs> how do they infuse so much of sugar in the fruits and so is the people with their politeness how do they have so much of politeness in them that's very very lovely and great thing about thailand Thank you so much uh, Rajesh for joining us in the show we hope to you join us again soon thank you everybody out there WTF all of you audience who've been supporting the show since uh the 27 weeks we have been on we are going full force moving to a daily show i hope you all enjoyed the show today and we hope to hear you hear from you next week goodbye Rajesh and thank you again TTFN to all That's it from the WTF show. Vimal and the team from WTF show would like to thank all our sponsors. Tune in next week for another great gig with people making a difference to your future. For advertising spots, go to the WTF show IG page and get more info or contact Vimal at 6681-616-5987. 